Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to the Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my uh, co-host and cohort, Victor I, Adams. I missed, I missed last episode, man. Yeah. Sorry. That was like the big one. last week. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's the, the 100. It was the 100 episode. Yeah. yeah, I missed you for that. I wish you were here, but you know what? It was very providential because Deacon Jeff was here, and you know the whole thing started with him saying you ought to do this, so yeah. if there was somebody else that could step in, I was glad it was him. I was sorry you weren't here, but... So what was the excuse that Deacon Jeff told everybody uh, that wasn't here? <laughs> I think he was easy on you last time. I don't think he... I never know there, there was is, no. Yeah. He was too busy trying to throw me off by saying gotcha. we were the Catholic well, Cafe. He was distracted. <laughs> he was. He was. Now, we mentioned his mind palace. He's constructing one oh, of his yeah. own. But uh, there it's was nice, nothing negative it? about yeah. you. <laughs> but man, it's been a crazy week. You know, we had we just come off of the National Catholic Men's Conference. Yeah. Uh, you know, we had a couple talks there where I, I gave some for just a guy in the pew, and those were seemed to be received well. We had some packed uh, live booth rooms, and uh, talked about the narrow road in one of them, and really picked up a lot of new patrons. I want to say hi to those guys first. All the new patrons we picked up: Nicholas, Mark, Grant, Steve, Ansel, Alexander, Mark, or Matt, Kurt, John, Andy. Edward, David, and Greg, thank you all for joining yes, in the last guys. couple of weeks. You guys signed up at the at the uh, narrow road level, so you're going to be getting that book. Or you, by now, you've already got it, and hopefully, you're enjoying it. So, um, thank you for all of that. Uh, anybody that wants to know about how to become a patron, you need to go to Patreon.com/slash/PewMinistries. You can sign up at any level there, anywhere from five bucks up to two fifty, and get stuff like great merchandise, like metal koozies, uh, the uh, stoneware mugs. We've got uh, the, the ball caps, now the narrow road at the $20 level, uh, and we also have the fishing shirts and stuff like that too. So you get that, but you also get access to the extra interviews. We just did the one with Bishop Talley, and that extra bit that wasn't out there for the main interview is on there. The ones with Father Josh Johnson we've got coming out later on. There's extras of those. Um, we're fixing to start doing courses. With the narrow road, there's going to be videos in there that go along with it. So if you're on the fence about becoming a patron, you're going to, you're going to get all of that. But you also get to support the evangelization of men. That's one of the things I love to say is, you know, guys come to me all the time and say, I want to know how to help other men. Well, you can use what we're doing here. You know, show them the, uh, the, the podcast. Show them the titles. Use this as an evangelizational uh, tool and a way to get them to listen to something on their own time that may open their heart. And then you can walk with them as a man and bring them closer to Christ in your journey and your relationship. Well, the neat thing, too, is that you can re-listen to things. Yeah, You know, it's sure. always there to go back to. Because for me, I have, may have to listen to things two or three times, as my wife would say, to really <laughs> yeah, understand what I'm hearing. <laughs> but that's the good thing about it. It's always there for you to go sure. back to. Well, I also want to say thank you to, <clears throat> excuse me, Covenant Eyes. You know, they've been sponsoring the podcast, and it's something that I really believe in. I, I've got in my household, um, you know, I pay the $15 a month or whatever it is to have it on all my uh, computers and laptops and the kids' Kindles and all that stuff. You know, today they're home from school. Um, we had water issues here in Memphis, so um, they had to uh, learn from home on these Kindles and things, and you have to open up the Internet for those for they, so they can use it. So I'm glad we've got covenant eyes on those things so they can't look at anything um, that, that, you know, even not that my kids would purposely be looking for that. They're still right. young, but it blocks the stuff that they could potentially find, people that are trying to get at them. It's one of the things I love about it. It's not just for guys that are struggling with pornography or women. 
It's also for securing your children and your household so that you know that, that um, you're doing the best you can to keep this stuff out of the view of yourself and, the, and of your children. In fact, Covenant Eyes would tell you, don't let sexual sin hold back your growth. With screen accountability from Covenant Eyes, we will help you live a porn-free life of integrity and enjoy deep and meaningful relationships with God, your family, and friends. So you can sign up for a 30-day free trial at start.covenanteyes.com slash pew. So if you go there, you can find it in the show notes too. Um, you'll be able to sign up for Covenant Eyes and really start protecting yourself and your home from uh, the lure of pornography and other things out there that are trying to right. elicit, yeah, yeah, elicit you towards sin. So, all right, I want to talk today about virtue. You know, we're, the the narrow kicked off. That was uh, one of the last episodes we had, the one before uh, last week, where we talked about it. Uh, in this conference this weekend, we had an opportunity um, to to speak in a couple of live booths I did. And virtue always came up. How do I live the life God calls me to? I keep falling back into my sin. I keep struggling. All of these questions. And the one thing that we've tried to do here on this podcast is always, whether we knew it or not, lead you towards virtue. But we never have really talked about virtue in, in and of itself. We've never had a show just about virtue. Uh, we've mentioned it and you know, we've quoted John Hoffman saying, I want to be yeah. a virtuous man. You yeah. know, <laughs> But uh, we've never really gotten deep into just virtue itself. So as I was sitting in Mass yesterday, and it was the first Sunday of Lent, and Father Gallagher was talking about um, the differences of, of, of Jesus going to the desert um, and all these different things that it could mean. Uh, it, you can look back and see it, it, it uh, mirrors the Exodus um, in mm-hmm. the desert in those days, and obviously with Noah and the 40 days and 40 nights of the flood, all those things. But what he pointed out was what Jesus was doing was what the first Adam failed to do. And as I was writing, you know, always have a, a book to write down notes of just what I think God's saying to me or something that I pick up in mass. I wrote down, and I looked at it this morning, a tale of two Adams, you know, and really that's the truth. You had two Adams. Jesus is referred to as the new Adam. The first one chose his own will, right? He chose to, to fall to temptation and to do his own will instead of what God wanted him to do. And then obviously you had Jesus, the second Adam, that chose his father's will. All the way to the end, he took the hard road. He took the narrow road. Um, and, and the thing that it, it, it made me think about is: Am I choosing that uh, the the way of Christ? You know, um, am I falling to the temptations of the devil? Am I giving in to my own will, um, or am I living like Jesus did, uh, tempted but yet prevailing yeah. uh, in the desert and then through all the rest of his life? You know. Um, he had to walk those three years and, and, and his whole you know life growing up knowing what was going to happen to him, I assume. And yet he still continued to choose that each and every day. Um, and, and a lot of t- it made me think about it. What's the difference? Like, how are we living our lives right now? What are we choosing? And what's the difference in the two atoms? And really, when you get down to it, the difference is virtue. It's virtue. Jesus chose the virtuous life. He, he chose to put others first, starting with God, what God wanted from him. But all of his healings, all of his ministry was all about teaching people. It's not about me. It's about carrying your cross. It's about laying down your life. It's about uh, putting others first. And if you look at Jesus, you can see all these magnificent virtues that he lived out in his life. Um, but the thing is, you know, virtue, virtue in of itself, we need to know what that is. We need to define it. And the catechism does a good job of this. It says a virtue is a, is a habitual and firm disposition to do the good. It allows the person not only to perform good acts, but to give the best of himself. The virtuous person tends towards the good with all his sensory and spiritual powers. He pursues the good and chooses it in concrete actions. The goal of a virtuous life is to become like God. 
that's it. Like, how do you become like God? You live virtue, right? That virtue leads you towards holiness, which is ultimately what we will be too. We will, we will share in holiness when we go to heaven, right? We will be saints. So we've got to live this in our life. The problem is most of us are living the opposite. Most of us are caught up in vice and living like the other Adam. I mean, I heard that so many times in these rooms full of 80, 100, 60, whatever it was on the different day guys that all in the chat room were saying things like, I'm struggling here. I'm struggling with this. I can't find uh, how to live for God. How do I know I'm living God's will? How do I know I'm choosing his instead of mine? All these questions. And, you know, I would say this, like, here's a quote from, from St. Augustine. This is where most men find themselves that are living in this vice-filled life now and where I found myself at one time. St. Augustine says, to believe in Jesus is to accept what he says. Excuse me, that's the wrong quote. I was quoting JP2 and getting ahead of myself. So St. Augustine, the good man, though a slave, is free. The wicked, though he reigns, is a slave and not a slave of a single man, but what is worse, the slave of as many masters as he has vices. So if you really stop and look at that, you know, we always hear about being a slave to Christ. Mm-hmm. And people look at, in, you know, slave, slavery is engendered servitude or bad, you know, things that connotates giving up your freedom and all that. But what he's saying here is that, yes, you do become a slave, but you're a slave, you're, you're, you're getting freedom. You're going to be a slave to the freedom that you find, not a slave to the wickedness and the vice that you could find so easily in your life and that so many find themselves in. Well, going back to the two atoms, which is sure. really cool, what you're talking about is that, um, you know, obviously we know the story of Christ and the story of Adam. Well, you know, even Father um, Patrick said this too, is that Adam was, the first Adam was very passive, mm-hmm. right? He just, he didn't stand up for Eve. You know, he didn't sure. say, what are you doing talking that 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 snake? You know, we would all like to him like to, to get grabbed the snake by the neck and throw it away and then maybe sure. we'd still be where we are. But the thing is, Christ, you know, battled him in the sense of the desert and said no 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 you know this is you're 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 all giving me lies mm-hmm. so what happened is that he fought christ fought like i said where, where adam didn't fight for for eve to protect her he fights for us as a church because he died for us yeah so therefore he loves the church so much as a spouse because we are his spouse right mm-hmm. if we all know our theology we are a spouse so therefore he will do anything he can to prevent us from falling into sin and to go in the wrong way and that's the concept of what virtue is, is like, you know, turn from those things that keep us from him, you know, and then we can kind of find ourselves more in him rather than finding ourselves in our own lost sense of who we are. Yeah, no, that that's yeah. a great point. That's exactly right. And and we have to choose that. Like that first uh, that first quote from the catechism, it says that. It says he pursues the good and chooses it in his concrete actions. Mm-hmm. That means making that that choice. I mean, in the beginning, it also says a firm disposition, right? I'm making my mind up that this is how I'm going to live. Not wishy-washy. Right. So, um, but you know, we, and St. Peter says, I mean, says this too in 2 Peter 1, 3 through 5, he says, his divine power has bestowed on us everything that makes for life and devotion through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and power. Through these, he has bestowed on us the precious and very great promises so that through them, you may come to share in the divine nature after escaping from the corruption that is in the world because of evil desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue. Now, this is the first pope. 
mm-hmm. telling us that we need to make every effort in our life to supplement our faith with virtue so that we don't so we can escape the corruption that's in the world because of evil desire right because our faith will stand if virtues there right. right but but if you look around most tons of guys are caught up in vices now you may not know that because we're all very good at projecting that everything's fine and we're doing well yeah. and and you know we're, we're we're pretty good at projecting what we want people to see and not actually what's going on in our life you know, all you got to do is look around the culture. And we've talked about this before. And, and I mentioned this, and a lot of people found it very uh, powerful yesterday in, in the chat in the chat rooms that when I brought this up. But, you know, you look around and we see our men. They're not in churches, really. You see some there, but you don't see a lot of them. And they're out there in other things, like they're they're hung up in video games. They're they're lined up at movies, you know, for, for comic book movies and things like that. They're finding, they're, they're, they're spending their time in other places. And what I think is because they're truly searching for virtue and they don't realize it. Like if you look at those things, like the guys that are lining up, like that story I told about Jacob that time in the video game store, um, where all these men were in there lined up to buy a Pokemon game and they were talking about how they were going to take three days off of work and told their girlfriend not to call them and all these things because they're going to beat this game and play mm-hmm. this game. And and Jacob, my, my young son, saw all that, right? Or in, and was questioning me, Dad, why, where are these guys' kids? I mean, these were guys from 15 all the way up to like 60 that were in line. And, and you know, he was questioning me of all these things. Dad, Dad, where are these guys' kids? Why, aren't they, why don't they have a ring on their finger? All of that. You go and you look at, at, at the all the Avengers movies and WandaVision, you know, and all these different uh, uh, comic book things. They, I saw the other day where Disney Plus crashed when that new episode came out of an Avengers thing. Hmm. And people are watching these things. Because they 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 they're wanting to vicariously live through these characters, yeah. right? They want to be superheroes. They want to be able to do these great feats of, of of strength and all these things that come with living a hero's life. But as we've said before, you know, if you look at Captain America, you look at the, you look at the arc of Tony Stark. You know, the the Iron Man in those movies. The first movie at the end of it, he's a brazen playboy millionaire, women all around him, booze hound, and he's egotistical as all get out. You know, he saves the day and he's supposed to read these cue cards and stick to the letter and say, I'm not Iron Man. And what does he do? He does that for about two seconds and then looks up, throws the cards down. And he goes, I am Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Right? I am Iron Man. It is me. I'm the one that did all this. Look at me. Look how good I am. And so, men, we, we, we look at that character and we're like, man, it'd be awesome to be Tony Stark and have all those cars and that money and the women and the booze and all that stuff. But then if you look at the end of that arc of movies, the end game, right? Captain America, there was a great scene there where he gave his all. He didn't die, but he sat there, and I've talked about that before. The movie theater erupted, and all these guys were yelling, yeah, Cap, lay down your life. You know, do what you got to do. Save everybody. Be the hero. And and at the end, this guy who was egotistical at one time, Tony Stark, it winds up being him, mm-hmm. who's, who's gotten a family along the way, who's doing everything he could to stay out of the fight and just be the f- husband and father he was called to be. And then he snaps his fingers, and at the end, he says the same thing. He says, I am Iron Man. But he doesn't say it in that cocky and brash and bold way. No, he snaps his fingers. He says, I am Iron Man. Like, I know what this is going to cost. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm laying down my life so that everyone else can survive. And, and we look at those movies, and you look around the theater, and everybody's crying, and, and people feel this great loss it's because they search for that heroic thing that's inside of them, that heroic virtue, right? They see it, you recognize it. But the thing is, we're looking for it all in the wrong place. You know, how many times, I've said this before, when you're at Mass on Sundays and we've heard the Gospels being read by the priest, it's, 
you know, greater love has no man than this than to lay down his life for his friends. I've never heard anybody jumping up in a pew and, and clapping and screaming, yeah, Jesus, yeah, lay down your life for people. Lay it all down. You know, be the hero. We don't hear any of that. Men are searching for this stuff that they don't even know they're looking for in these movies and everything else. And what it is, it's a callback to that desire we all have. And it's something we can all be. But it also leads us to thinking that um, that we have to have some sort of heroic moment in our lives to live out this virtue, right? We think, well, you know, one of these days maybe I can save someone or I can give an organ and give my life or whatever it is. You know, these these images we have in our mind. But the truth is, if you look at the life of Christ, he lived virtue in the ordinary moments all the time. It wasn't just, yes, he did these amazing miracles and things, but this is where we're going to find true virtue in our life is in our everyday choices, um, you know, in, in the small moments in our lives. You know, when you start to grow in virtue, it's because you start to do things for other people. It's that load of laundry you did for your wife when she never even asked you, but you did it because you knew if you didn't, she was going to do it and you want to help her. Right, it's it's the it's the volunteering to go and do things you don't want to do. It's choosing in the moment. This is what I want to do. I've had a hard day. I've had everything going on, and I don't want to do that. But yet, I'm still going to choose it because it's the right thing to do for someone else. Those are the moments that we learn to live to become virtuous men, instead of these grandiose moments that we all kind of look for in our lives that don't always come. It's in the everyday small moments that we learn the ordinary that we learn true virtue and how to practice it in our life. I think every every person wants to have like a, an avatar themselves, the good things that they see within themselves, and we, and we often ignore mm-hmm. the things that are not good, things that we know we carry that we don't want the light of day to be shown. And and St. John the Cross says something like that is like, when, when we actually see ourselves the way God sees ourselves, mm-hmm. then we become almost as if the self-acknowledgement almost tears us apart. Yeah, because we're unable to bear who we think we who we see we ourselves truly to be. Sure, but that's where God wants us to find ourselves to say, "This is who you are. Mm-hmm. This is who you are to me." But you're so much more than that. And so, what what we need to do is, like you were saying on the, t- the thing about virtue, is that when we realize that things in us are not what we want them to be, we acknowledge it, like we talk about on the show. Mm-hmm. We we've we've talked a lot of, about our failings. Yeah. Not because we're being bragging about it, but we're saying we've learned so much from it, and we want you to guys to understand that you're not alone. You know, all of us have this struggle within us. So what St. John the Cross is saying is that that's okay. Mm-hmm. God wants you to be there so he can build you back to where you need to be. Right. And it's, it's, it's like we said before. I mean, it's in those small choices. They are choices, right? If We don't look at our life that way. We look at just things we did all day. But almost everything we did was a choice. We we chose to do one thing instead of another. Mm-hmm. We chose to drive this way instead of that way. They're all choices all day long. Now, our, our life and our spiritual life is the same way. Am I going to choose to go to my computer and watch something I shouldn't? Or am I going to say, you know what, even though there's an, uh, an uncontrollable urge right now, I'm still going to choose cha- uh, chastity. I'm, cho- I'm still going to choose charity towards my wife. I'm still going to choose the good. Right. It's in those moments where we become virtuous men. And, you know, and we can't be wishy-washy with it. It's those concrete actions like the catechism says. It's not, well, I chose it once and I'm virtuous. No, you got to choose it again and again and again. Because it will that's show why, up again and again. Right. Yeah. That's why you look at it and, and there's, you know, there's the two atoms. There's the two roads, the narrow and the wide. 
right? There's the two foundations on sand and on rock. Jesus continues to illustrate this in the Bible for us that look, there's always a choice and there's consequences to those choices, right? You choose the hard path all your life and it's difficult when everybody else in the world seems to be doing whatever they want, when they want and how they want. And so many times we can feel, I feel that in my life, man, how nice it would be just to not care, Mm -hmm. right? But with not caring comes the choice of hell, right? That's what you're choosing when you choose not to care. Right. You're choosing something other than God. When you choose virtue, you're saying, I want to be with you above everything else in my life. And I don't know if that's going to be in 30 years from now, 30 minutes from now, or next week. But I choose you concretely in my everyday choices that I'm building this life for myself where I'm going to be for the rest of my life, not for this short period, but for where I'm going to spend the rest of my life. And it's going to bring along my family and hopefully everyone that comes in contact with me because I'm choosing this so well in my life that it radiates and people see that something is different with that guy and they want to find out and emulate that. That's what we're supposed to do as Christians is to live our lives in such a way that it's impactful on others, not always with our words, but always with our actions and the way that in our choices and what we're choosing. So that is the goal of our lives is to become holy. You know, and this is impossible without seeking virtue in our lives. You know, when we did the narrow road episode, I talked about picture the road as a road of cobblestones and each one of those cobblestones is a virtue right? And there's things that we need to work on. As you work on one, you lay another and you lay another and you lay another. And, and there's inter- a pathway. And they're interlocking. So they, right. they're a solid. Together. Right. They yeah. all like everything stems from charity, right? Every mm-hmm. one of them goes back to that. We're going to do a show on charity too. Uh, and that's the first topic of the narrow road in March of uh, the first virtue to study. But yeah, all these things are combined. When we master one, we begin to learn another. When we learn another, we begin to learn another. They're all interwoven. And, and once you start to spend the time living this in your life, then the other virtues seem to come along along the journey and you begin to learn those too through your mistakes, but also through your successes. So I want to talk real quick about how to do this. Like what is the how-to? You know, because I always want to do that. I don't ever want to just say, yeah, be virtuous now. Go figure it out on your own. That's right. It's easy. Just do it, you know. But uh, go to the how-to and just number one, study the life of Christ. Yeah. Like really study it. Don't just read the Bible, right? Like it's another book. Look at the situations that Christ is in. Look at the way that he treats people. When you're reading stuff, ask yourself, like what virtue right now is he is he portraying? Like what do I see him? Is it humility? Is it meekness? Is it patience? Is it forgiveness? You know, ask yourself, what is Jesus doing in these moments? And how can I emulate that in my life? Don't just read the Bible as just another passing paragraph you're reading. Look at it and see, I'm going to look at the most virtuous man that ever lived, and I want to see in this instant what it, what were the qualities that he lived there, and then I'm going to try to emulate him in my life. The second one, spend time in the catechism, right? So many times we don't read the Bible or the catechism as Catholics. We just go to church on Sunday. The catechism gives you the stuff that goes along, the teaching of the church, I mean, when you're talking about virtue in itself, you need to learn about the times, the types of virtues there are, like mm-hmm. the human virtues, the moral virtues, the cardinal virtues, the theological virtues. What are these? What impact do they have on each other? How do they interweave? You know, all of those things you can find in the catechism and what the ch- the church teaches about them. So we need to learn that and to know what not only what we see in the Bible, but what this church that the magisterium what they teach us about all these things and how to live them out in our life right. and that's wisdom handed down to us right. to read yeah, yeah the virtue comes from right. virtues come from wisdom it right. says that in several scriptures pray for the holy spirit 
You know, pray for the Holy Spirit to help you grow in virtue, especially the ones you struggle with, the ones you find hard, right? How many times have I sat here and said, we need to be better fathers, and then I go home from this very podcast and I lose my temper with my kids. Like, there's so many times now where instead of, even if I fail, I go back and say, man, like, I'm so sorry for that. I apologize to my kids. And then I pray to the Holy Spirit, make me stronger next time. Help me to realize this before I let this happen. You know, the Holy Spirit's within us all, and it's the most powerful thing we have in our lives is that power of the Holy Spirit that dwells within us, that power of Christ. So call on it and ask him to reveal more virtuous choices for you, for more virtues to practice. And then the last thing is, look, anything you want to be better at in your life, you have to spend time working at, right? Virtue is no different. You want to be a good basketball player, a good football player, you better work your tail off at it. You want to be a virtuous man, then you better start doing these first three things and then actively seek to live it out in your life. Not to just be able to recite to somebody what patience means or what temperance means or justice or fortitude or any of those things, prudence. But what is, like, how am I going to live this in my life each and every day? And how do they, uh, how can I live this with those four main relationships in my life, the people in my life? God, first of all, my wife, my kids, and my neighbor. You know, you can, that's what the narrow road is. You know, guys, I'm not just sitting here trying to you know, have a sales pitch, but this is why we created this resource is that so that you have something every day that's going to hold you. First of all, it's going to teach you about the virtue in itself. It's going to give reflections to you on those main relationships and how to live them with God, your wife, your your kids and your neighbor. But also it's going to hold you accountable each and every day. At the end of your day, did I live this virtue in my life with this particular relationship and how? Like, I don't want to guess or hope I did. Mm-hmm. What did I do? And is by doing that and practicing that for 30 days, you're going to develop a habit, right? We want, we want habitual virtue, not habitual vice. And habitual vice is where we find most of ourselves most of the time. You want to live virtue, then you have to actively fight against vice and practice and put into place virtue in your life. So guys, like that's, that's one of the things here that, that you, whether it's an air road or something else, start studying virtue. Because you're not going to become virtuous without knowing what it is, where it comes from. And like I said, look at the person of Jesus Christ. Now, if you want to use the narrow road, you can go to uh, justaguyonthepew.com and there's now a narrow road menu button at the top that'll take you there and allow you to sign up as a patron. You can also go directly to patron.com slash pewministries, sign up at the $20 level. This resource will come to your door every month in time for the first day of the month. And you'll have that guide and that help to get you through it. I also want to close out here with a quote real quick from JP2. It says, To believe in Jesus is to accept what he says, even when it runs contrary to what others are saying. It means rejecting the lure of sin, however attractive it may be, in order to set out on the difficult path of the gospel virtues. So let's take it to prayer in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, in the Bible we see a tale of two atoms, a choice of two roads, and two types of foundations on which to build our lives. In every case, one option leads to hell and the other to eternity with you in heaven. Help us to follow the path of your Son by actively choosing to live virtue each and every day in our lives. And Father, whenever we find ourselves seeking virtue in the extravagant moments, remind us that true virtue is found in the everyday small choices. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com. Or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.